online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Wickham Wanderers Show. See, I've officially off stop counting now. Uh, indeed, yes. Uh, uh, sorry, I was momentarily... Uh, uh, We've started, by the way. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I was momentarily distracted by the uh, the amount of goals that Brentford have already scored this season. <laughs> it is uh, a concern, I was just looking at it thinking, hang on, really? 17? It does sound a lot when you say yeah, like I that. I know, indeed. They've only played 11 guys, and they're 11th as well. It's not like they're, they're leading the, you know, leading the league or anything. In case you've just tuned in, we can play Brentford next. Indeed, yes, just absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> I, I will be more on the ball for the next uh, 58 minutes. So just been doing some on-air research for the game. <laughs> yes, not that we do our, our research right at the very last moment, but there you go. Uh, uh, welcome along to the Wick and Wanderer Show, where, where we've got lots of exciting stuff lined up tonight. Yes, uh, Colin and Bob with you for the next hour. As mentioned briefly, we'll be previewing the Brentford game, where uh, very pleased to report that Gareth Ainsworth returns to the technical area for that game on Saturday, and uh, Bob's been speaking to him ahead of it. Uh, we will also be chatting, we'll be going all the way back to the 1940s, uh, and somebody who played, uh, who actually watched Wickham before the Second World War and played for them just shortly after uh, the war, we'll be speaking to Dick Tumner. He was a wing-back, you know. He was indeed. That doesn't exist anymore, really, does it? <laughs> no. And we'll be uh, catching up with someone who uh, is considerably younger and plays for the current team. Uh, that's forward Alex Samuel. Find out how we got on chatting to him. Is that it? I think that's it. I think that's about it, yeah. I think he was a wing-half, wasn't he? Not a wing-back. Oh, was he? Yes. Apologies. Yeah, I, I was just, uh, just again, you see. Dear, my brain's slightly slow tonight. And it was like, no, he's a wing-half, not a wing-back. So you have an international break. And I know, and it all goes to pot. It's, it's very true. You know, so you and this is why none of us like the international break. <laughs> it's just, you know, sorry, but the international break, it's a bit, it's a bit rubbish. It really, does seem it? strange, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially uh, having this time as well, because we've already had one, haven't we, last, yeah, yeah, last month? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, this is the thing now, though, that there isn't now another one until the end of March. That's right. And you do think, yeah, you know... The, it's like bank holidays, isn't it? The, you know, suddenly now the fixtures are going to come quite thick and fast... Uh, and I think by the time that the March one comes around, they're really going to need that international break, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, it does seem a long way, especially with the Christmas period coming up as well, because traditionally there's a lot of games over the festive season. Festive. Yeah, it's not quite so bad this no. season. No. So, so there's there's a game on Boxing Day, then there's a game sort of like in the middle between Boxing Day and New Year, and then there's just like a New Year one, and then that's it. Whereas normally they try and squeeze four in, but actually this year there's only three. And then, of course, we're playing the FA Cup in the third round. Yes. Strange not to have started the FA I Cup know, yet, isn't it? I know. Isn't it nice not to be in the, you know, yeah, in the leasing.com <laughs> Papa John's <laughs> Johnson's paint thing? Yes. Leyland Daft Cup. Normally at this stage of the show, of course, we'd be reviewing the last game, but there wasn't one. Uh, no, that's true. There wasn't one. It was the boring international break. Um, you, know, I know, I, you know, I know people like their international football. And, I, and I, you know, I enjoy the international football when it's on. Um, but I do find, particularly uh, the, the Nations League, it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's a, a little bit sort of like the, the Premier League teams in the second round of the, the Carabao Cup, where clearly they're not that bothered. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was again, it was quite nice to see um, Germany having, what, what was it, six being put past them. Yes. But at the same time, you do think, well, you know, were, were they that bothered? Probably not. <laughs> so instead of reviewing uh, the last game, I thought we could review last week's show. Uh, yes, last week's show was very, very good, uh, um, uh, and that's not just me saying that. We did have uh, an email, um, which was very, very kind. Uh, a very good evening to David Alderman. We're not trying to make turn this into points of view now, uh, but it was nice of David to say. Uh, just wanted to say how much I enjoy the weekly Wick and Wanderer show. Uh, Bob and Colin are so enthusiastic and funny together. Uh, yes, yeah, so that makes up for all of the, the mistakes that we make. Uh, they've provided us with so many interesting interviews with ex-players and current management alike. Uh, and while we're not allowed to attend games, this show is a great source of information. 
information to Chairboys fans. Thank you for providing this excellent service. Thank you very much, David. That was very, very kind of you uh, to get in touch. No, no, really appreciate the feedback. And also you had some um, some feedback about our uh, chat with Martin as well. Indeed, yes. Um, uh, so uh, on the, the Gas Room uh, uh, forum, uh, it was very nice to see that they were then saying uh, they very much enjoyed the chat with Martin, uh, particularly the get warmed up, you're coming off. They, they, that was brilliant. They very much like that. So classic uh, St. Martin. Uh, thanks for posting, somebody said. Um, also, it was pointed out as well that in the interview he said that it was about John Hartson and originally he said it was about um, Trevor Aylott uh, and one of the best quips ever, somebody said. And you did point that out as well, I think, at some point. Yeah, that's referring to the um, video which uh, JDT and uh, the Expo Association have put together that um, Martin did at, uh, in 2012. He was uh, at the Via Suite at their dinner and uh, regaled that story about Trevor Aylott, who... Uh, Who's <laughs> taking off? I think it's just a brilliant line. Goes off, more doubt you're going off. It just you know, he, he clearly just choo- chooses the uh, different player every time that he maybe tells the the, the anecdote. Um, uh, it's gasroom.org um, that is the the fantastic forum. Um, so good evening to everyone who was listening on there as well. Yes, yes, join in, take part, all that sort of thing. Uh, so thank you very much for your brilliant comments. Uh, we very much enjoyed doing the show. Got some fantastic guests lined up in in future episodes as well. Former players, current players. Maybe even future players. Absolutely. That'd be different, wouldn't it? Oh, but we're, we're, we're going to be bang up to date at the moment, aren't we? Um, so it has been the international break. And yes, we've all found it a little bit dull. Um, but we've been finding out what Alex Samuel has been doing during the international break. Yeah, it's been really relaxing. We've, we had the weekend off and we had um, two days off as well um, before. So we, we played in the, I played in the Bournemouth uh, B game. Uh, I think on the Tuesday, then we had two days off and then we were in on the Friday for a little game in Adams Park, a little game, and then we had the weekend off. So it's been nice. But like you said, with lockdown, there's not much really you can do apart from, you know, I think the most common thing people say is do you want to go for a walk? And obviously on Saturday, it was not nice weather at all near enough of the weekend. So um, it was just very much just staying at home, watching Netflix and relaxing really. And I think the boys really, you know, all of us needed that that break because there was a lot of games. Um, so yeah, we've we've just embraced it, we've enjoyed it, and we're all refreshed now and ready to go again and kick on for Brentford Saturday. I was going to say it seems to come at a really nice time, isn't it? Because you had that, as you say, there's been a run of games, uh, especially against some big teams. But I guess you'll you'll find that in the Championship anyway. But but you had that that losing run, which I guess certainly from the outside must have been quite demoralising. But I guess the the sort of the, the mood in the, in the, amongst the team probably was still 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 pretty high because essentially you're still playing in the Championship and playing these teams. Yeah, you know, I that that streak of loss that we did it just shows how close we are as a team. Because I'm telling you, probably most teams that go through that probably would just crash and fall. But I think when was the two, I think it was it was the Watford game, wasn't it, where it all kind of we started picking up points. And even before that game, there was such a belief in the changing room that, you know what, we're here for a reason, you know, we're here for a purpose. We're not just here to fall straight back down. We're here to make a mark. And like you said, people wrote us off in League One last year saying that we'd be relegated. So we're very used to uh all the negative comments. So it was just, we're going to embrace it. We're going to enjoy it. You know, what an incredible privilege and an opportunity for us to play in the championship. And, you know, we're loving every second of it. So before every game, we're, we're loving it and we just want to play and enjoy it. And I think the enjoyment now is, is starting to come through the team. And you can definitely see that in the performances the last couple of weeks because, the, 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 you know, we've been playing very good football. 
which has been really nice to see. You must have been so encouraged in that run, though. So many positives, so many chances created, um, you know, official decisions which didn't seem to go for you. And, and you just thought that that win can't be that far away or those points can't be that far away. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, I think it was the Millwall game. We really, like, we saw a real big change and difference in our play. We were just a bit more like, let's just have a go. Look, we've got nothing to lose. Let's just go for it. And that really, from that, I think from that game, things really started to change. And, you know, we just, Reading, we, we played really well. You know, unfortunately, just lost 1-0. So we knew we were knocking at the door. So to have that um, that week, seven points in a week, it was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I think there's nothing that we more deserve, really. And probably we should be on a lot more points, especially with, uh, some of the decision that's gone against us. But, you know, we're embracing it, we're loving it, and we're just looking forward to the next steps now. It must have made it even more special as well, as you say, on that, that run of defeats and to get that, that first point as well, as you say, so so deserved and, and it must really, a lot of, you know, elation. And as a supporter as well, I don't think I've ever welcomed a point quite so much before. Yeah, exactly. I You know, and I think we should have won that game as well against Watford. So it, it just showed, you know, and I think now we've picked up points. I think there is just a, a momentum with us now that football's all about momentum at the end of the day. You know, when when you're on a, a you know, a good form and a good, it, it kind of just, the momentum just drags you through and you start picking up points. So it's been brilliant. You know, we've been playing really good football and we're picking up points. So you know, why not just keep on going and, and picking a lot more points, which which I know we will. So as a team, how would you say, you how would you assess kind of the way you've uh, adapted to the championship? Because obviously it's bound to have taken a few weeks to sort of get your feet under the table, as it were. Yeah, I think those, that it took a few weeks for us just to adapt. And the difference is massive, really big between League One and championship. You know, you're, you're talking about, you know, multi-million pound teams we're coming up against. And I think the major difference is that a lot of times, if you make a mistake, you'll be punished for it in the championship. Um, Where in League One, you probably wouldn't be as much. But when you are coming against some really good teams and some really good players, if you make mistakes, they will literally take the ball, run up the pitch and put in the net. And you think, wow, you know, when did that happen? You know, so it's been a, a real even for myself, just changing, you know, I think just accepting as well that, wow, this is a new level, but embracing it as well. And I think over the last, you know, the last few weeks, we've really embraced it and really took it on and then start to enjoy it. I think we were kind of a bit caught in the headlights at the start, but now we are enjoying it now which i think is the main thing for us to do it must be so great to to be able to compete against teams that you know were in the premier league last season exactly you know watford even just teams like reading swansea for myself you know you look at uh the fixture list and like you said every week it's a big team like it's it's a big occasion there's no like little team or you think oh we should easily roll them over it's not like that anymore it's like wow these are huge big teams so it's amazing and I think all the lads are just lapping in the opportunity and enjoying it so Bob who's um, seen um, every game so far he said to ask you it it seems to him and I don't know if it's something that you've observed at all but you do seem to be being fouled a lot he said especially in the Norwich game does it does it feel like you you might take it as a bit of a compliment I suppose mightn't you because you get sort of creative players who are always getting chopped down but is that something you've noticed you always seem to be getting fouled quite a lot 
Yeah, I think they're quite clever. It's a lot more clever fouls, I think, in the championship. I think, you know, players know when you've got a good opportunity or for a great example with me on um, Ben Foster, you know, where he actually fouled me, but because he, he, he screamed, he actually got the free kick for it. So I think in the championship, players are a lot more clever, a lot more streetwise. Uh, so we've had to really raise our game in that as well and just, you know, be, be clever in our play, which I think we've done the last couple of weeks. And how do you feel your own game's coming along? It must be fantastic to obviously have a run in the side and to be really doing really well in this stage of the season after it must feel like quite a corner's been turned, really. Yeah, definitely. It's just I'm enjoying every second of it, especially being on that pitch, you know, to to be involved in, again, we that team teamwork and the team that we have is so amazing and there's such a togetherness in this team. So to be a part of that as well in the championship is just incredible. And yeah, I'm absolutely loving every second of it. Because I, I suppose in a way you couldn't have imagined quite how, how well it had gone. I mean, you came to the club two years ago, which, which you know, in sort of football terms doesn't seem that long, especially when you compare to someone like Matt Bloomfield, for example. But, you know, in, in kind of modern day terms, you're, you're very established at the club now. Yeah, and it's such a blessing to even say that for me, you know, for me and um, my wife, Rach, it is probably the most settled we've been in the last, you know, three years when we got married. So to be, like you said, football is so unpredictable and it changes so much. You know, we, before coming, you know, when we signed for it, we, we lived in, you know, three separate houses. It was just a crazy time. So it's just nice to have kind of a more settled life, uh, which is really nice and we're enjoying it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just, count, I'm really counting my blessings, really, because it is such an, a, an amazing club to be at, at the moment. And, yeah, just excited as well for the fans to come back in and for the fans to enjoy championship football, too. I mean, I guess as well, at the end of the year, although you probably won't get a chance to because footballers famously have a very hectic end of the year. But if, if you get a chance to sort of reflect on, on, on 2020, you just couldn't have imagined really that, you know, you've gone from, from League One to, to playing, to, to not playing, to, you know, having the chance to... to play for the championship to get in the championship be a winner at Wembley uh, it's, it's a, a crazy year really yeah 2020 has been a really crazy year and it's been a really hard year for a lot of people you know for families and so I think for us just to call you know with our success we just as a team we just really hope for the fans and the people in the area that we've just injected that joy and a bit of you know, hope as well that, you know, even in the darkest times, there's still, there's a light there, you know. So that's something that we really wanted, uh, especially through the playoffs, to really do for the fans as well, because we know how hard of a year it has been for everyone. So that was something that we, we were really pleased about to even just for them to experience and say that they support a team that's now in the championship, which is amazing. No, it's been brilliant to, to follow, especially even you know even the, the Fleetwood game when you think oh you know scored really early. There's, there's you, even then there was such a, a feel good a feel good about the, the chances of getting to the final. Even yeah, that that Fleetwood game was probably one of my favourite games I've played. The first away game, I think we were all a bit astounded after the game, winning four one, and you think wow we are really close to Wembley, and then obviously getting to Wembley and having that experience walking out on the pitch at Wembley was just so amazing. And it's something that you'll never forget. Uh, you'll never forget that. So we, yeah, it's been a crazy year, but a, a brilliant one for Wickham, which is a blessing in itself. 
No, definitely. Is there, is there a particular moment of that, that championship final that you, you kind of remember and sort of hold on to and think back to, or obviously the whole thing, but maybe just the, the very end? Or Yeah, I think, I think there's a few. I think there was, especially walking out, even not even for the game, like just walking out just to inspect the pitch. And, you, you know, you go and you, you think, wow, like I'm actually, I remember as a kid watching Swansea in the playoff final, uh, against Reading uh, a couple of years ago when they went up to the Premier League. And, you know, I could point out where I was sitting and I'm like, wow, I'm actually playing on the pitch. It was just quite an emotional moment. And then obviously when that final whistle went, it was just a, a huge mix of emotions. And you could see the emotions in the whole team. It was just, it was incredible. And something that, you know, I'll I'll never forget to the day I die, to be honest. It was something so amazing. And it was so intimate as well with the team. Uh, which was amazing. So yeah, probably the, all of it, but yeah, there was some special moments in that. It just feels like such a special time to be involved with the club as well and to be supporting the club. And obviously, it's, it's such a shame that, that fans don't get to come to the games at the moment, but it must be something that you're immensely proud of to be part of such a, an historic season. Exactly. It is Honestly, it, having no fans, have it's been really tough even for us as players because we want as well to for the fans to experience not only for us on the pitch but at the end of the day we realize fans make football games you know without having the fans it is you have to create your own atmosphere you have to keep driving the team on but when you have the fans ed it is literally like having another man on the side of you and cheering you on so yeah we're really looking forward to when fans can start coming back in and hopefully it's soon and obviously when it's safe but yeah, we really, really miss the fans at the moment. It must have been so reassuring as well with, with the manager having to have his operation and, and, and Dobbo stepping in like that. Seemed to really kind of steady the ship as well. Yeah, you know, I think Gaffer's recovering re- really well at the moment, which is great. Uh, he's back in. So yeah, Dob- you know, Dobbo was great. He, he, you know, he, he's so such a technician behind the scenes and he, he works so hard for the team as well. So it's really nice uh, to see you know, when we won the uh, won the two games anyway, that, you know, we could all, unfortunately Gaffer couldn't be there, but I know he would be celebrating at home, but it was really nice for Dobbo as well because he, he's been working so hard for the team. And as you say, a real sense of optimism now going forward, you know, Brentford next and uh, as a sort of a, a mini kind of next section of the season, if you like. Yeah, it's another, you know, it's the next step now and, you know, we're going to, again, we're going to remember, how, you know, we played very well against them in the Cup, and I think they, they play a very similar way. And from that point, we, we, we had a really good game. So I think we've definitely improved. We've definitely stepped on. So it'll be a really interesting game just to see again where we stand and, you know, take the game to them. So we're really looking forward to it and hopefully get the three points. Oh, it's been brilliant to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. Ah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Great to speak to uh, the fantastic Wicked Wanderers forward uh, that is. Alex Samuel. Uh, it came about, in case you're interested, because <laughs> also spoke to his wife, who last Friday uh, had a debut single released uh, called The Great Escape, and we've been playing that, and we'll be chatting to her on mid-mornings tomorrow as well. So I got two two interviews for the price of, well, none, to be honest. So so, so what happened? Was that the first or was that the second one? Second. Oh, okay. So you'd already had the, you know, oh, right, thanks very much. Can you go and get Alex? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but you know, uh, uh, the brilliant speech them both. Yeah, absolutely, you know, very very nice um, that that they took the time to chat to us here from their home in Maidenhead, indeed.
Both very musical as well. Um, Alex apparently appears in uh, her next music video. Oh, really? Cameo appearance. <laughs> okay. Uh, is he is he singing as well? No, I don't think so. But apparently he can. Okay. And mm-hmm. he plays guitar as well himself. I've you know, if we've got any players listening, um, then, then remember that uh, when you're back at the training ground. Um, uh, good evening to uh, uh, um, uh, right in the middle from uh, the the gas room. Oh, we're on the gas um, room. Yeah, indeed. Uh, for forum, uh, who's saying enjoying the weekly podcast with a gr- great breadth of uh, guests from Easy all eras. Indeed, absolutely. Yes, I, I, I did have to take a moment there. Um, and talking of the eras, yes, um, we will be chatting uh, to Dick Tumner uh, very shortly, going all the way back to the 1940s. This is Wickham Sound. Second part of the Wickham Wanderers show. Many thanks indeed for having us on. As mentioned a little earlier on, we have a podcast version available, which you might be listening to now. Yes, you might be, rather than listening to us on 106.6 FM, which you can also listen to us on. On a Thursday evening from 7. Absolutely. Um, Still to come on the programme, uh, we will be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth, uh, ahead of Saturday's game against uh, Brentford. Uh, Very shortly, we will be catching up with Dick Tumner, uh, 91 years old he is, uh, and he played for Wickham back in the 1940s. Um, I understand as well that uh, in our continuing series of spotting Wickham players uh, in supermarkets, uh, you, you, you have something to add. And I think actually we should put this out to the, the wider listening community uh, and welcome you to join in. If you have seen a Wickham player somewhere unusual, particularly in a shop, and I appreciate that maybe that hasn't happened during lockdown, um, but if you have, then do get in touch with us. You can do that on Twitter, uh, so you can use the uh, hashtag TWWS. Uh, you can get in touch, email uh, studio at wickhamsound.org.uk. Uh, However, if you have spotted a player in a supermarket or in a shop, uh, so I spotted Daryl Horgan. Or just uh, in Wickham. Uh, yeah, or just in Wickham. Just uh, just uh, random spottings of Wickham players. Uh, so I saw Daryl Horgan in uh, Sainsbury's um, about a week after he joined. Um, and I'd already seen him at the training ground, so I knew that it was him. Uh, but I wasn't quite sure whether he recognised me. And he was quite busy at the time because he had his two kids, um, both sort of like in the trolley. Um, um, and I thought, right, okay, uh, you know, so I did that thing. I didn't actually speak, but but I sort of like walked past him once and thought, oh, I'm sure that's Daryl Horgan. So then I made an excuse to then go back down the aisle again, but we didn't make eye contact. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. So I then left it because I thought otherwise I'm looking a bit too stalkerish. So who did you see? Well, following your uh, your spot of uh, Republic of Ireland International, who has had a fantastic game in the international. Yes, indeed. Right? Yeah, he played, played really well against England, didn't he? So I, in the same supermarket. Uh, what, just out of interest, what time of day was your spot? Um, so it must have been about half past two oh, okay. in the so, afternoon. So this was around five. It might be important for if anyone else wants to yep, spot it. Right, okay. Although I suppose in these current times, if you just hang out in a supermarket long enough, you know, these footballers have got to eat, haven't they? <laughs> That's very true, yes. <laughs> just camp out there, you'll, you'll spot them eventually. So I, I think your spot obviously was perhaps pre-having to wear face coverings, was it? Or was it it was, yes. Well, well, you know, I mean, face coverings were obviously recommended, but not but quite not in the way that they are, exactly, not quite in the way that they are now. So this obviously makes our, our spotting trickier. Because okay. Because you're not exactly sure whether it was who you think it was. And also, I, I often don't recognise people I know if I see them, <laughs> see them with a face covering on. So, is that really I've, you? I've walked past you a good few times, <laughs> you know, thinking, oh, it's Colin, and you haven't said anything. So I reckon, and again, I'm not wholly certain, but I think it was Uchi. Oh, great. Because he looked... Gucci-esque. Okay. And also, he uh, what sort of gave it away, perhaps, was he had a, one of these, like, surgical boots on. I would imagine that it possibly was then, because he has uh, had a, a, an injury, which is why he didn't uh, go to the Uganda-South uh, Sudan games. And also, another observation, and again, I have no room to, to comment on this really myself, but I, I noticed he had quite poor uh, trolley control. <laughs> 
<laughs> he wouldn't be very good on supermarket sweep if they did a. a he had one a, of the smaller trolleys, special. Because I think, he, yeah, he was he was guiding it a bit too freely. I think. Okay, all right. Uh, I might actually add that into my list of questions that I'm going to ask players. <laughs> is you know, uh, what, where do you shop? What, what time? What do you like with the trolley? Whereas <laughs> Daryl Horgan actually, I think he had very good control, and the fact that he was looking after his kids at the same yeah. time. Uh, yeah, I was quite impressed with that. I get the, the impression some players may only have a, ba- a basket. Uh, yes, possibly. Yeah, the ones maybe who live on their own, uh, you, you know, or, or possibly they get the get it delivered and they're just doing top up shopping. Yeah, so do get in touch. You can tweet us at Wickham Sale and use the hashtag TWWS. Uh, Wickham Wanderers players that you've ever spotted in town, or maybe further away. You could have spotted them further away. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, anywhere, any any good Wickham Wanderers players spotted in unusual circumstances where you weren't expecting them. Uh, you know, basically anywhere other than Adams Park or in a football stadium, uh, we will w- welcome you to get in touch. But first, uh, I've been chatting to uh, former Wickham Wanderers player, Dennis... We, we. We, sorry, we, yes, we. We chatted, yes. We, we, it wasn't one that you just did, it no. was one that I did as well. Sorry, I don't want to take the spotlight on myself. No, we both, we both spoke. <laughs> we did, it's true. Uh, to Dennis Tunmer, who, um, well, we'll let him explain. No, I thought I'd been Presswood, and when I was nine years old, uh, just coming up for ten, I took myself by bus into Wickham, all on my own, and went to see Wickham Wanderers play at Wimbledon. Um, And this was on the 1st of April, 1939. I recall that actually two of the players that were playing were Alfie Britnell and Dickie Cox, who had both played in the 1931 Cup Final, uh, you know, the Amateur Cup Final, which Wickham won. On age alone, that there can't be anybody else that's actually saw Wickham before the first, before the Second World War. The extraordinary thing was that it just shows the times that a nine-year-old can catch a bus from Presswood into Wickham all on his own and go to a football match and find his way home again, which you know in this day and age would never be allowed by anybody. No, definitely. And it must be especially impressive to, to think that, you know, age nine you went to watch the, the team that you would go on to play for. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, because I, I, I was brought up in Presswood and um, spent all my time kicking a ball about up on the, what was called the Common. But, uh, no, so that was my first contact with Wickham Wanderers. And then I went to the grammar school and watched Wickham really during the war years when it was a bit hit and miss as to you know, who who they were playing and who, who could play because a lot of the players were away in the services. I was then a kid of sort of 13 or so and, and football was football and if they were playing for Wickham Wanderers, they were, they were wonderful people anyway, really. But, you know, I, I played minor football. Then I went into the army to do my national service and was lucky enough to play a really good grade of football in the army, which set me up really for when I came out. I realised I wasn't good enough for Wickham Wanderers, but I thought I might be good enough for Chesham, so I went to play for Chesham. Had a successful season at Chesham, played against Wickham a couple of times, and then decided at the end of the season I'd have a go have a go at Wickham. That coincided with Wickham having had a poor season while I was at Chesham, uh, deciding to uh, get, take on a full-time manager in the shape of Jimmy McCormick, who was an ex-Tottenham player. And he came in and wanted to clear out, really, the old guard, who really were getting quite ancient, and wanted to bring in one or two of his own lads. And I was lucky enough to be (laughs) 
to, to be one of his young lads, as it were. So that that was how I, I got into the, to Wickham. I didn't join Wickham really thinking I'd get in the first team, but was lucky enough to coincide with McCormick, and so you know went went straight in. Didn't ever play in the reserves. And you you played at wing back, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. What they're now, I suppose, is is just midfield. But you know, uh, in, in those days, you had a left half or a right half. We we started off in great style actually with McCormick and halfway through the season we were top of the league. It went a bit flat after that and I think we finished up about halfway at the end of the season. But McCormick was a real bouncy little character who thought uh, in a way I think that the Wickham committee who had been really running the club didn't know anything about football and unfortunately told them so. And of course... <laughs> He was telling his his own employers that they didn't know anything about the game. So he only lasted the season, and they got rid of him at the end of the season, and then Sid Can came in. And what was Sid like? Because obviously... I, I, I love Jimmy McCormick, and he, he seemed to like me, which, of course, always helps. And I found Sid a very different character altogether, quite a dour Devonian. And... While some people sort of got on with him well, I, I never really cottoned on to him. And I think probably in truth, he never really caught, cottoned on to me either. But um, anyhow, I, I, I continued to be a regular until about oh, three quarters of the way through that season when he decided he'd try somewhere else in my place. And, and that really was the end of me. But it was around the time where there were some other uh, great players in the same team at the same time as you, and we had um, Dennis Atkins on recently, oh, and Jim oh, no, Truitt Dennis, as well. Dennis, Dennis was great. Well, he, he was another one of Jimmy McCormick's boys. Him, him and I were the two, two that really went into the team with Jimmy. And I'm, I'm still, still great friends with Dennis. I mean, the, the star of that, that side was Ken Butler. He's the father of Eddie Butler, who is the ex-Wales rugby captain and the Guardian rugby correspondent. Yes. You may have heard of Eddie Butler. He does rugby commentaries. And Ken, his father, had been in the RAF at Napil, I think, during the war and had played for Wickham. And when the war was over, he, he, he continued to play for Wickham and used to travel up from South Wales every week. And they used to send a car to Reading to pick him up and um, dash him to the ground just in time for kickoff half the time. Wow, that, that's quite impressive. That, that's the sort of thing that you imagine modern footballers probably doing, maybe commuting from South Wales, not not footballers yeah, just uh, after uh, the war. You know, he, he kept he kept on it, and uh, as far as I know, he never played for anybody else. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think he got one amateur international cap. He certainly went on a tour with the England team, anyway. He was really the star turn of the team during my time. Could be very, very good or could have his off days as well. But generally, he, he, he was the star, I think. Are there any particular matches that stand out during your, your playing time at the club? In the first season, we got through to the last... In the last 16 of the Amateur Cup, which, of course, was always the big thing in those days, we played Marine Crosby, a team from Liverpool at Lopes Park, a crowd of 12,000. Lucky enough, we, we beat Marine and then had um, Barnet away in the quarterfinals of the Amateur Cup, 
was was 11,000. You've got to remember that this was shortly after the war when there weren't many cars around. They'd been starved of sport during all the war years. And um, there's a huge appetite for sport. But because people didn't have cars, you either travelled to London to see Arsenal or Chelsea or someone, or you stopped in Wickham and watched the local team. So the crowds were were really quite good. And, of course, (laughs) not, not expensive either. I think probably the equivalent of about... 20 or 30p to get in, I should think. Wow. If you had less than 5,000, it was a poor day. And for the better games, you could reckon on 6 or 7,000, 7 or 8,000. The better games being Leighton Stone and Wolf and Stowe in those days. And tell us about what happened to you after uh, your time at Wickham, because I know you went to play, on to play for Chesham and also managed them, and also at Presswood as well, and encouraged quite a lot of other players to, to develop and, and go on to Wickham as well. When I left Wickham, I went and played for Dulwich Hamlet, which in those days was a club of equal standing to Wickham. It was sort of quite a, a prestigious club, and I went and played there. And uh, I met someone from Chesham who sort of got on to me to go and play for them. And anyhow, it landed up that I, I became player manager of Chesham in the end, which... <laughs> started off not too badly, but it didn't end up too well. And you went on to be an estate agent, I understand. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a chartered surveyor, which I, I like to think is slightly better. Than <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I think, I'm sure you're quite right. <laughs> Dick, how, how difficult was it to be a player manager? Now, people always say that that's quite a difficult role to fulfil. Well, it was because there were players in the team who were older than me, uh, it, it was like we we started, we had some very good results. I mean, I went there when they were absolutely rock bottom, so I couldn't I couldn't have made them any worse. And we certainly did improve. But I had a full head of hair when I took the job on, and, <laughs> did, and didn't have a full head of hair when I finished it. So uh, I suppose it's something I. It was an experience that I did, but it, it's not something I think that if I'd known how it was going to go, I wouldn't have taken it on in the first place. When I came out of the army and went to Chesham, we had a very good season, but then I, I, I went to Wickham and Dulwich and then went back to Chesham and they were nowhere near the club they were that I'd left a few years beforehand. What about the, the current Wickham side? Do you get down to Adams Park at all? I went. I went down once last year. I. I don't. I don't even know how. I, well, you can guess how. I'm, I'm 91, so I don't really. I don't really drive anymore. So unless anybody's prepared to take me down there, I don't go. I. I, I follow them avidly, and um, you know, <laughs> follow follow them on teletext nearly. <laughs> uh, but uh, when I go, I don't know who the players are. And without really knowing them and knowing their history and knowing their sort of falls and against, it's not quite as enjoyable as when you follow them every week. Yeah, no, we we understand what what you're saying. It must be remarkable though to see them in the the second tier of English oh, football. Oh, absolutely. I only hope it's it the trend that's been over the last few weeks continues. I mean, I think if they if they're still in this league next season, it will have been a, a really brilliant achievement i think 
No, definitely. And also fantastic that you're the oldest member of the ex-players association. That must be a really great thing to be able to be able to share your memories with other generations of former Wickham players as well. Well, I had a season ticket for a long time. There was a, a very good friend of mine who played for Wickham called Jackie Tomlin. We, we had season tickets next to each other for quite a number of seasons. He, he played in the Wembley match against Bishop Auckland. Yes. Now, he, he was a good friend of mine, and well, no, we sat next to each other and um, for, for a number of years uh, with season tickets. And you say you still keep in touch with a lot of your former, former players and teammates today? Dennis Atkins uh, I keep in touch with. I see Michael Wicks occasionally. I played with Dennis Syrett, the goalkeeper, who was at Wembley. I played with him and, and see him occasionally. But really, I can count on one hand those who were uh, are still around when I was around. Of course, it must be fantastic to have those memories. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, with all footballers, I, it's a very short life, really. I mean, as I say, I, I've had over 90 years and my football career probably is only about 12 or 12 or 15 of those. And yet when you think about it, it's an extremely important 15 years. It's great to speak to you, uh, Dick Tom, from his uh, home in Bournemouth. Uh, 91 years old, he's the uh, oldest member of the Ex-Players Association. Big thanks to JDT and Alan Hutchinson for helping to uh, arrange that. And uh, we've got other chats with other former players coming up in the coming weeks as well. I thought he was wonderful. I really enjoyed uh, chatting to, to Dick. Yeah, because you were there great. as well, Yeah, you? yeah, he was very good. That yes. was you as well on that. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Dick. It was, it was great to speak to you. Uh, we did enjoy hearing all of your, your reminiscences. Yes, good word. Indeed. Uh, we're going, coming really bang up to date now, though. Uh, so, so Gareth Ainsworth, um, I spoke to him earlier on um, today on Wickham Sound, uh, and we will be catching up with him very shortly. Love music, love talk, love Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Wanderers show for uh, this week, building up to the game against Brentford. And uh, we were chatting off air about uh, previous Brentford games that you, you've, you've been to. A, she's a busy lady, isn't she? You won't know what I'm talking about now if, you, if you're listening to the podcast, but, you know, a bit like her son, actually. You know, he does, <laughs> he does breakfast and drive. She does, she does Sunday breakfast and now Sunday brunch as well. Very impressive. Uh, indeed, yeah, yeah. Special mention if you're listening on the podcast. Absolutely, sorry if you're listening on the podcast. You won't have a clue, but that's just to encourage you next week to listen actually to the proper show between seven and eight o'clock uh, on a Thursday evening. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, very good. What what was it that I was saying? You've completely forgotten now, haven't you? Um, oh, Brentford. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, Brentford. Um, uh, so I remember l- many, many, many years ago, um, so when I first moved to Wickham, so it would have been 2001, um, so we played them in the um, Leyland Daff Johnson's Paint Leasing.com um, thing, Papa John's now trophy. Um, so I remember going along to Adams Park on a re- really one of those really, really, really cold Adams Park nights, and I know that it is always really cold unless sort of like you're going in May or August, uh, you know, one of those really chilly ones, and sitting up in the front Adam stands absolutely freezing uh, and we won 1-0 anyway which was fantastic um, and then I remember that we played them there a few weeks later um, and I didn't you know I was it was one of those guys I nearly nearly went <laughs> 
Um, and then I think something happened, something at home or whatever, and so I thought, oh no, okay, no, no, I better not. Uh, I think I think probably my daughter was only about three or four months old, so it was one of those times where you know I, I was sort of having to accumulate uh, a lot of brownie points to be allowed to go to football, and thought on this particular occasion, no, I wouldn't. Um, and and it's always strange when you don't go to a game, isn't it? As to how, what you really want to happen. Mm. Um, and I can remember then sort of like reading the reports afterwards, which was that one of the best games ever seen at Adams Park, and we'd beaten Brentford 5-3 and I'd missed it. I'd gone to the, the, the Johnson Paint Trophy game oh. um, and, you know, wasn't wasn't very exciting and I'd missed the 5-3. A number of links as well between the two clubs. Uh, we had on the show last week Terry Evans, who of course uh, signed from Brentford initially on loan, and then Martin O'Neill paid forty thousand pounds for him, uh, as recommended by Jason Cousins, another former B. And uh, t- ooh, Terry Evans mentioned that uh, Richard Dobson used to clean his boots as well. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. forty thousand pounds. I mean, you that, you know, that that sounds like amounts of money that that footballers really should still cost, um, but actually sounds you know really really like a very very small amount these days Even for a club like Wigan to pay out then as well yeah absolutely yes £40,000 you know was a lot of money for us in those days and still would be quite a quite a significant fee these days probably. absolutely yeah so brilliant to have Gareth Ainsworth back uh, back that wasn't a pun indeed um, <laughs> uh, for, for the game on Saturday against Brentford and uh, Bob's been speaking to him only this morning been back for um, a week a week now after being sent home, after trying to make the forest trip, the doctor sent me home. But um, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was never going to stay away this week. So um, I made sure I've been in for the last sort of ten days, and uh, and yeah, ready to go on uh, and Saturday I'll be back in the dugout, our lovely new dugouts as well, which is great. Yeah, we're with the nice new chairs as well, which is going to help the back, I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't sit down too often. <laughs> no, so I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're still going to be kicking every ball on the on the touchline. Absolutely, absolutely, no problem. Uh, I mean, with regards to the back, it did it end up sounding quite serious. I mean, clearly the 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 club were playing it down quite a lot the the, the first game that you missed, but actually it, it did sound like quite a serious operation that you ended up having. Yeah, it was emergency surgery. Yes, I had, uh, it was an ambulance job, which I don't um, I don't often uh, I've never called. I don't think I think I've ever called an ambulance in my life. So that was the first one. Um, but anyone who's been through what I went through will understand. You know, you you. you semi-paralyzed down, down, down your legs and uh, it wasn't nice at all you know so it was a combination of uh, of probably six seven hundred games in, in professional and non-league football and, uh, and and getting on a bit you know so it's, uh, it was uh, it was a nasty one but thank goodness you know for our NHS everyone's been clapping in for the for the uh, the pandemic and, and I want to join that but also I've got another reason now to stand up and say thank you because they were they were absolutely fantastic you know and, uh, and we're lucky to have one of our club doctors, um, Dr. Carl Waldron, w- works out of uh, Reading as well, and he he was there, which was nice to see a friendly face uh, at the hospital. So all all, all really went well, um, um, but it was yeah, it was quite serious for a, for a, a, you know a period of, of a day or so. Fantastic. Well, we're we're very glad to have you back. Uh, although it must have been quite reassuring as well that actually you've got somebody like Dobbo to to step in where, when it happened. Absolutely. You know, we are we are. Ying and yang definitely we are total opposites and anyone who's ever sat with us during a game or watched us train or even been on a night out with us will will know that we are we are definitely opposite people um but um there's a there's a big blueprint of how wicked wonders is and how it's been for the last definitely six or seven years and and richard's played a huge part in that his bigger part as me all my staff have you know i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do it without any of my staff you know and and 
and I'm, I'm, I couldn't leave it in safer hands. You know, there's one big aspect of, of my of my working life is being able to trust people, and I can trust Double with everything, absolutely everything. Um, and and likewise, I'm sure he'll say the same about me. You know, we 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 know each other inside out. We've said enough things to each other. We've challenged each other enough in the tactics office and, and my office, and and to know exactly how each other tick and and. I think the combination of the two of us is, 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 is what's brought success here on the on the pitch. Definitely, you know, it's uh, it's it's a huge it's a huge thing for him to take the team. But he absolutely, you know, I, I was I was constantly on the phone and, and but on the day, you know, double has to take and, and do the, the team talk and, and get the boys up for the games and 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 you know, absolutely delivered. You know, just fantastic um, that we've opened our account really well. And, and I think over the last probably not just those two games, uh, the last six or seven games you know right back to Millwall Reading Norwich you know all those games Watford how how we haven't got more points on the board is beyond me um, and I'm I'm really happy and confident we can compete with any team in this league now I think um, we we took a while to get it together but um, there's no reason that Wickham Wanderers can't be competing in the championship and I want us to be because I want these fans to come back and see us in the proudest moments, and uh, and so that means staying in as long as we possibly can, because at the moment this uh, the pandemic's uh, causing a little bit of chaos, you know. But um, yeah, really, really proud of Double and the staff, you know, and he'll be he'll be thankful to all the staff as well. It's uh, it's a great 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 club to be at, and. Uh, couldn't do it without any of them. Yeah, well, he, he did very much say the same sort of things about you where, when you weren't there. Um, we are now almost a quarter of the way through. Um, you say that, you know, that yes, definitely, we probably, you know, deserve to have maybe more points, but it's still not looking too bad, you know, considering um, where we are in the table. No, uh, you know, it's, it's a fantastic position to be because we're in the championship. <laughs> And that's looking at the big picture, you know, where, where we're working wonders, they're in the championship. It's, it's a brilliant position to be. OK, we're third from bottom now and we've uh, we had a couple of wins and, and, and a draw. And, and it's, it's poised. I, I, I look through history and look at, the, uh, look at the teams that have been in the bottom three at this time of year. And you'll see a lot of teams have got out of it. You know, I think all the teams last year were in the bottom three at this stage of the season all got out of it in the championship. You know, Luton's, Barnsley's and, and, and whatnot. So we, we've got to definitely take confidence from that. We've got to, we've got to take belief in our performances. And, uh, and like I said earlier, I don't think there's anyone in this league that we will fear. You know, even going back to Blackburn, I think we'd be better prepared in, in the, uh, you know, the, the spanking we took there. But um, we are definitely better prepared and, and better better versed in the championship now and uh, and we're going to have days where it's going to go wrong we had them in league one we had them in league two you know i remember getting beat at sunderland and peterborough 4-0 both times uh, but we bounced back we, we end up getting promoted and and so there's never it's never just the, the result it's always performance it's always the big picture um and for me the big picture is wickham in a championship is a, is a brilliant place to be and i want to stay here We've got Brentford then on a Saturday. Probably a different proposition now to the first game that we played them in the season. Yeah, without a doubt, 60%. I think they were on that day. Um, no disrespect to anyone who did play, but they had a lot of players on international duties. They had, they had players that we, um, you know, we, we knew were being rested. They're, they're going to be going for it. Ivan Tony's, you know, paying back all the millions that they spent on him, and they've got some real cracking players in there. You know, a couple of internationals who've been away. We'll see how they fare if they come back and play. You know, the, the flying left back Enrico Henry. You know, so they've got some they've got some talent in that side without a doubt. Um, but 
you know, we have also got some fantastic players in our team, you know. Um, when you talk about Dominic Gate being back fit, he's, he's you know, yet to, to play a Championship League game. So how how is Dominic going to fare? You know, players like Fred, Darrell Horgan's performed superbly in the international duty. Scott Cashcutt's found his feet back in Fenway, just again proving that he could play at any level, I think. Um, you know, all, all these players that um, that we've got, Gareth McCleary's cameo at Knott's Forest will excite everyone, you know. So um, it's not always about the opposition, though. it's about what Wickham can do. And uh, like I say, my, uh, my appetite is... Is, is definitely wet, wetted from uh, from watching them on the screen and uh, and and obviously the games previous to that. It's uh, it's going to be very exciting. And like I say, there'll be good days, there'll be bad days. We've got to stick together and make sure we can uh, we can try and stay above that line. Oh, with regards to the international break, have you had a chat to, to Daryl Horgan? Obviously, there was a, an outbreak of COVID in the Irish camp. Just wondering how he is at the moment. Yeah, over text, you know, chat to Daryl. I told him I thought he was possibly the best Irish player in against England I yeah, thought definitely. he looked a real threat and, and if anything was going to come against England I thought it was Daryl Horgan and I also said to him that Wickham are proud of you and I'm proud of you because what, what an achievement that is you know the first ever Wickham Wanderers player to face England uh, in, a, in a professional game uh, I mean that, that in itself is mind blowing to say that we have a player who, who's done that on the international stages you know I mean it's just it's just brilliant you know and, uh, and, and, and I don't think Daryl's going to be the last uh, I know he won't be the last, and, uh, and I'm hoping that people are looking at the likes of of, uh, of Anis uh, Mametti as such a young boy with a great talent, you know. And, and there's no reason why some of our younger players can't be looked at, you know. And, uh, and you know, Anthony Stewart, players like that who've really performed well, who potentially for their countries could be uh, interesting. And Anouchi's frustrated he, he, he wasn't um, fit for Uganda, but again, so proud to have actual internationals in our team now. It's uh, it's a real big step uh, from the days of, uh, of when we first took over. Really, really proud. Yesterday we discovered that you're going to be allowed to have five subs uh, on the pitch and nine on the bench. I- is that a good thing? It is a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing for football. I think it's, uh, you know, you are, you, your squads are what your squads are. People are saying it's going to favour the bigger teams because they have five better subs than everyone else. But it's how you use your subs. It's how you use the squads. And, uh, and we're very good at that. I think we've had experience in the playoffs with that. So... Um, I'm looking forward to that and seeing how many we can uh, we can change. Some people will do five at once. So it's going to be a game changer, and uh, and I think that could come into it. You watch this weekend. Somebody will do five at once, um, and it will change a game. Um, and I think there's a there's a whole different aspect now. You've got to look into a football, um, which we, we've already started looking into, and, uh, and we know what we've got on the bench. We could probably change the whole style and half the team if we wanted to, and and that's what it's about. We're going to have to. We have to do this uh, tactically good and make sure we're aware of what the opposition are doing as well. So, yeah, game changer, but um, looking forward to seeing how it works. Finally, I just want to mention to you that we had Martin O'Neill on the Wickham Wanderer show last week and just how very, very grateful he was to have been invited to the Rotherham game, how grateful he was to everybody at the club uh, for the the welcome that he got there. No, uh, somebody like Martin um, is an absolute legend to me uh, and... You know, he's always tough. He's always tough and at Wickham Wanderers because he's always the the man. He was always the legend, and and you know the uh, the, the you know people put him as as their their greatest ever. And if I can just follow him just slightly, then I'm in a I'm in a really good place because what a guy, what a manager, and um, the respect that he's given me over the years is just second to none. Um, just the mark of of such a, a great human being and. Uh, and you know, really, really pleased. We gave him a great welcome, and it was great to see him. I just wish we could have won for him, but that'll come.
Great to hear from Gareth, a fantastic interview, and, uh, and brilliant to hear that he's doing well after his enforced break. Yeah, indeed. And you start to realise that actually, yeah, it was a lot more serious than was being made out at the time. I completely understand why the club uh, were downplaying it. Clearly, it's been something that actually has been with Gareth for a long, long time. Uh, but actually, in that moment, as Gareth said, you know, it was quite serious for a day or two. Uh, the fact that they had to call an ambulance, uh, you know, clearly he was in quite a bad way. No, definitely. I wish him a speedy recovery. Um, and uh, great that he's got some new seats, although he won't be using them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, they do look quite impressive. Uh, although I, n- I don't understand, what is it about um, football dugouts, why they have to have these sort of like racing car type chairs? You imagine, and there's probably a way of finding out, but there's, there's sort of one team or one club that did it first. Yeah, and then that, everyone, that, this yeah is good. exactly that. And everyone thinks, oh, right, OK, well, that's the sort of seats we should have. Um, and he's just like, well, why? why, why? Go faster, dugout. I that's, don't, that's what yeah, I, I don't quite get it. Are, are they comfy? Do they do they work? Uh, you know, it will be interesting to know. Something else that I took out from um, your chat with Gareth and, and when Alex spoke to me as well is that this sort of international break seems to have come at a really good time. It's, it feels like there's a bit of a reset, and because now we've got you know stopped the the rot, if you like, of that, that run of defeats, and got a first point, got a first goals in that order. I'm not yes, yep. yes, and first win now as well. And as Gareth mentioned, you know, not not bottom, not second from bottom, but but third from bottom, it seems a little healthier and and looking ahead to the games to come. Yeah, indeed. Uh, And we've now got, you know, two home games uh, on the bounce. So uh, obviously playing Brentford this Saturday uh, and then we've got Huddersfield at home on Tuesday night, uh, which I get exactly. That's, you know... That, I, I'm sure that was a oh that's an opportunity for points uh, you know I mean but I think Brentford is going to be obviously a tough game mm. uh, they are very much a free scoring side they are the, the second highest scorers in the division at the moment uh, behind only Blackburn uh, and of course we, we helped Blackburn get a, a few of those goals <laughs> um, but yeah I, I think you know it's going to be tough this Saturday uh, but I think we certainly will be up for it um, and very much we do raise our game for the, the big teams I think as well, someone like Ivan Tony we mentioned, who's scored so many this season already, and to have him sort of running at you as a defender, you know, you, you, you know you're going to have to be on it. Yeah, indeed. And I think, again, that's been one of the interesting things this season, is, say, the game against Watford, we were really up for that. We played really, really well. The game actually against Sheffield Wednesday... I, I don't know what it was, but it was one of those classic sort of bottom of the table type games where certainly against Watford we were much better than we were against Sheffield Wednesday. Albeit against Sheffield Wednesday, we managed to get the win, which was absolutely fantastic. But we, you know, we really, really were brilliant against Watford, and I wonder whether we're going to see the same sort of thing. So Huddersfield, not you know, they're, they're doing okay, but they're not having a fantastic time. Uh, Brentford, clearly, again, I mean, they're, they're currently mid-table. Uh, very much they were tipped for promotion after just missing out in the play and whatever we've obviously already played them once this season in the league cup where we we took them to to penalties um so it's going to be an interesting uh game uh but i yes i think you know we're going to have to be our absolute best to get anything out of the brentford game but i think actually that suits us i was going to say and thomas frank obviously as well i guess his team's clearly very well organized but but we've got a manager as well who who sort of likes the likes the sort of back to the wall comeback sort of uh, underdog tag as well definitely and i really liked what gareth said that yes goodness me they've got some multi-million pound players in their side but we've got some great players as well uh scott Kashka in particular you know has really really stepped up looks so comfortable playing in the championship bayo as well you know we all know that actually bayo could always have 
have done it at pr- pretty much any level. Uh, you know, the only people who didn't seem to know it were AFC Wimbledon, um, and we're now proving that. You know, in the Championship, and I still wouldn't be surprised that actually, you know, Bayer could probably do it in the Premier League as well. And players like Fred as well. So exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we're so fast going forward. When we've got, you know, Scotty. When we've got Fred. When we've got um, Anis Mametti. Uh, you know, we're, we're, it, it's quite terrifying. When we've got Daryl Horgan as well. You can see that defenders are thinking, goodness me, this, you know, th- th- this is a team that does mean business. Uh, and particularly when Bayo's there flicking the ball on as well. You know, we, we're a, a match for any side in this division. Do watch out for them in a supermarket near you as well. Indeed, yes, absolutely. And let us know when you, where you, wherever you have spotted a Wicked Wanderers player where you weren't expecting it. And let us know if their trolley control is any good as well. Back Thank- at the same time next week. <laughs>